you, EBO? Thanks, Tony. We are going to talk to lead therapist at LFCS Lutheran Family and Children's Services, Lauren Buckman, about empowering your child's emotional well-being. Hi, Lauren. Good morning. I wish we'd have had this when I was a kid. I'm, I'm, I'm from the rub the dirt on it, shut up, and go to your room crowd. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's been the way for a long time. Yeah, that's pretty much how we grew up. That's, that's probably why we are the way we are. But... Um, <laughs> You know, I've got I've got grandkids who deal with with certain issues and children who have dealt with certain issues. And since we did grow up that way, Lauren, we're not really equipped to know what to say or do. Yeah, it's difficult to know, like you said, communication, right? How to mm-hmm. talk about it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's really hard when your child comes to you one day and says, "I've been using meth." Um, can you please help me? Or I have an eating disorder and I can't make it stop. I mean, these are things that are a big shock factor to someone who watched this tiny little baby who they love more than life itself grow up into a teen who's angsty and is doing these terrible things to themselves. Yeah, it's hard as a parent, absolutely. Yeah. So so what do you do? Well, I mean, with, when a child comes to you, I mean, certainly just being open and and able to listen and and offering that support. I think listening to them and just encouraging that they're able to talk and share with you and then helping them to know that it's okay and that you're going to help them get some help. Yeah, and and that goes for if they don't say something too, right? If you notice it. Right, Right. so there's different things to kind of look out for too. You might notice some some big changes in behavior or maybe there's changes in eating, um, changes in sleep. Um, different signs to look out for to to then kind of per- help them pursue some some help and support. And it's hard because there's really no handbook on how to be the perfect parent because every kid is different. So your kid may just be an angsty teen. You know, it's it's hard to know. Absolutely, I have one. It's hard to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. I'm on my third round with these kids. Um, so you know. And every single one of them has been different. The one who was the most perfect child, stayed under the radar all the time, turned out to be a raging, angry meth addict. And I never mm-hmm. saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it just took it took one thing to to start them on the wrong path, and then reeling them back is so much harder. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I I don't even know he's a, he's an adult now, but I don't even know really. I've told him everything I can think of to say, but I can't make him stop, can I? Right. That that state of change is, is a big thing, especially considering if they're what age they are. But mm-hmm. um, I think the big thing, if he's able to talk to you, right, that, that offering the openness and support and, um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm on a merry-go-round, though. We've had the same discussion 750 million times. Nothing's changed, so I get right. frustrated. So sometimes i got to think about my own emotional well-being, too. Right, absolutely, because that's important. Okay. So at what point do you seek professional help if you notice your child has cut themselves or um, they're not taking care of their body the way they should? They seem depressed. They want to sleep all the time. I mean, that's a sign of something, but we may not know when to say, I, I can't do this. I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's certainly a lot of signs. You know, I think sometimes it's the big changes. Um, certainly if a child, um, anyone that discloses to you that they are engaging in any kind of self-harm, 
or even sometimes statements of hopelessness. And certainly if they are talking exclusively about wanting to end their life, then, then that would be important to be able to, to reach out for help. Um, you know, 988 is a great resource as far as immediate help and someone to talk to. Um, but then there's also certainly professional therapists, which is something that we offer here at Lutheran Family Children's Services in Cape. Mm-hmm. You have to do it, too. I, I Just you saying the words, my PTSD kicked in from the night my oldest grandchild tried to take his life. And I mean, whew, that yeah. was that was unequivocally, I've had some pretty terrible crap happen in my life. That was the worst day of my life. Yeah. And his, apparently. So, but very, very, very angry with me when he woke up and when we had him put inpatient to keep him from trying again. Hated me for a long time. Yeah. It makes it really difficult as a parent. Yeah. So how do you know? I mean, obviously, (laughs) we knew then, but how, how how do you know when to go for the professional um, I, you know, I think there's probably never at a wrong time to kind of, you know, if you have those concerns that are kind of sneaking up as a parent and, and you know, if you feel there's some concerns, certainly reaching out and, and, and getting them assessed would be important. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it is, like I said, kind of big changes. Like we said, you know, teenagers, sometimes they do tend to isolate and they tend to do be a little more irritable. And so it's hard to know if it's regular <laughs> teenager stuff or right. it's something different. And and so a lot of it is, is really trying to, um, you know, encourage that communication and asking them directly and, and just letting them know that you're there to, to, to talk and, and, and get them help. And there's never been a time when we've focused more on the mental well-being of our teens. And I get it from both sides that it's a good or it's a bad thing. You know, sometimes it's a rub, a dirt, rub some dirt on a crowd, like, you know, quit interfering, let them grow up and figure it out for themselves. Um, but mm-hmm. then there are other times when you see them struggling so badly that you feel like if you don't do something, whatever happens to them will be your fault. Right, right. And that's just that added, there's a lot of guilt a lot of times that comes with being a parent, certainly. Um, and, and so just just recognizing that you're, you're trying to do the, the right thing for your child and, and get them help if they need it. As a therapist, I would tell you that I would I'd be happy to meet with any kid and, and be able to kind of assess what they're doing, you know, what's going on. And sometimes it, it may not be as serious. So there might be some adjustment issues going on. Um, but but a lot of times there may be something else going on as well. Yeah. Um, there was a recent study by the National Institute of Mental Health that found that nearly 50% of teenagers who experience a single episode of major depressive disorder will go on to have a recurrence within two years. Well, and sometimes that onset is from a breakup. Right. There's different factors with it, whether it's teenagers or even in smaller children, we mm-hmm. see different adjustments, whether parents are going through a divorce or there's changes in family relationships. And, and so, you know, back to what you were asking about, how do we know? You know, a lot of times it's, it's is there some big changes? Grades are changing, appetite, sleep. Right. And, you know, it, it everything affects kids differently. I know when when we went through my divorce, I just really didn't think it was that big a deal for the kids because it wasn't that big a deal for me when my parents split up. I mean, it was a mm-hmm. big deal, but I mean, I I didn't fall apart. It did, it wasn't, you know, something that was so severe in my life that it caused me to change who I was. But mm-hmm. for some kids, that is a seriously big deal where it changes who they are. Absolutely. You know, and children, you know, that importance of structure and predictability, um, you know, just that that change in and of itself can kind of have some ripple effects for them as as far as just changes in their life. Mm -hmm. 
So do you help them then by having a daily routine or, or how do you, how do you deal with that at home other than bringing them to you? Absolutely. So at home, we really would encourage, um, and parents and, and Lutheran Family Children's Services did put out a, a children's mental health checklist for the, the new year. And it's on our website, lfcsmo.org. And, and just encouraging one, you know, like I've spoken about open communication, just encouraging honest conversations, judgment-free zones where they can share their concerns, but also as parents, modeling diverse feelings ourselves and teaching children about feelings. So even with my own kids, I've worked on practicing, you know, I'm feeling sad right now and I'm going to, you know, go take a walk or Mm -hmm. I'm going to go listen to some music. So trying to model some of that. Yeah. Well, I've got an eight-year-old who might be the second coming because he's so full of joy. And if he sees someone Mm. crying, he doesn't even care. If it's a stranger, he'll run over and hug them. You know, there, there aren't too many kids like that, though. Or we we tend to ruin them by the time they're by the time they're ten. We've got them so desensitized that they're ruined by the time they're ten. When it comes to their emotions, all children are different, absolutely, and and some feel more comfortable communicating that. And I think that goes back to just the modeling and being able to you know one of the basic things that that I do as a therapist with with children of all ages and even adults is just helping them identifying in the moment how they're feeling, mm-hmm. and then being able to express that, right? <laughs> you know, we can, we can tell when a kid is upset or angry. They might start, you know, depending on their behavior, really getting crazy and, and throwing things. And, mm-hmm. But um, being able to say, I, I can tell you're feeling angry right now. Like, what, what, are we, what can I do to help? I'm sorry, but I would tackle that child. If they started throwing cheek, there would be no, are you angry? No, you stop throwing my mm-hmm. things. I'm so, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would end quick. I, you and I probably don't agree on that. But, you know, when it, when it comes to physical lashing out or hurting other people, that you got to stop that quickly. Absolutely. That yeah. can't be and, and that's usually a sign that something else is going on. Right. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, I should have had help when I was a kid then. You know, the one time that I did go to therapy, just one single session, I got frustrated because Joyce kept asking me how that made me feel. And I'm like, I don't know how it made me feel. Do you get that answer a lot? They don't know how they're feeling? Yeah. Well, certainly. And I think that kind of ties back even to, you know, helping kids or even people of all ages being able to identify their feeling in the moment. And and yeah, certainly when you're, you know, in it, have a therapist and, and you're trying to explore your own feelings, it can be difficult to identify. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go there. So hope, hopefully Judy's not listening so she can throw her <laughs> judgment thing in my face. But um, I had a, my oldest grandchild came out as gay about two years ago. And I'm Catholic, so that was a shock for me. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that he did it, he was so scared to tell me because... I, I still believe that it is a sin, but it's no worse than any sin that, that I commit. Every Everybody's got something that they do that probably isn't going to sit well with the with the maker. So we all have to deal with what, what however we choose to live. And trust me, I'm probably in the back of the line for people who are going to get in for the things I've done in my life. But all that to say, he was so scared to tell me because he thought I wouldn't love him anymore that he finagled it into a bedtime story <laughs> and said... There's this boy who's afraid to tell his Nana because he loves her more than anything in the world that he thinks he might be gay. And I, I stopped and and I said, are you telling me you're gay? And he said, please mm-hmm. don't stop loving me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there's nothing in this world that's going to happen to make me stop loving you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. so the fact that he had to find a way like that to tell me breaks my heart because I wish he could have felt okay to just tell me. Right. And that, that communication piece. Yeah. Yeah. But we have that kind of communication and yet that fear was there. How yeah. do we explain that? Is it just such a big thing that, uh, I don't know, maybe I need therapy. I don't know. <laughs> but Well, we, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that could have gone south on him real quickly if I had decided that that was a big no-no. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, it, I'm not going to stop loving him. I don't care how judgmental other people are. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I, I love everybody I know who's gay. I don't I don't care about it because it's not for me to choose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so just yeah, providing you, that unconditional love. How do you open that door for your kid to tell you if they feel like you're going to hate them? Oh, you know that that there's so there's fear, and and with any kind of you know situation, kids are and even adults are there's. A, difficulty in, in sharing any kind of situation. I've, I've worked with teenagers that even are having thoughts of wanting to hurt themselves and, and are scared to, to speak up to their parents. So, um, you know, sometimes it's just asking them directly, even though we may not know, and, and just, again, just providing that kind of unconditional support and that it is okay to seek professional help if needed. Mm-hmm. Well, I had somebody tell me that I'm a Cowboys fan, so I don't get to talk about making bad decisions, <laughs> which is hilarious, yet I'm going to get even with them. Um, but there are lots of things that could be happening. I mean, we've talked some about suicide and and sexuality and that sort of thing, but it could be something small, like I don't like the way my nose looks. You know, it could be mm-hmm. it could be something like that that is literally changing the way your child is behaving or it could be the fact that they have ADHD so bad they're bouncing off the walls so they can't follow the rules. They could need some serious help. Absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot of different things that could be going on. Like you said, it could be something small. Sometimes there's uh, we see increased worry in, in children, and, and that can be seen through, like, increased clinginess to a parent mm-hmm. um, or asking a lot of questions because they're, they're starting to feel afraid, and, and that could be from something that, as a parent, it's hard to identify specifically what it is. And so sometimes having that professional help and having a, another person to be able to talk to, you know, we're able to provide that safe place for them to be able to kind of share their feelings and concerns. And I think going back to what you said, it's, you know, as therapists and, and just encouraging parents to to help them share those feelings and concerns without the judgment. Yeah, yeah. And that's a hard thing to do when you were brought up being judged on everything you did. So it's it's hard to make that change. How do people reach out to you if they want someone to speak to their child or to yeah, them? So um, we've got the, the Lutheran Family Children's Services. It's a statewide agency, and, and we offer several different, um, you know, we were the leading provider of adoption and foster care, but we also offer behavioral health as well as parenting education and, and even pregnancy support. But our um, our website is lfcsmo.org. In our CAPE office, the phone number is 573-334-5866. Um, you're also welcome to call our toll-free number of 866-326-LFCS or 5327. And, and we have two therapists in our office here in CAPE, and we would be happy to, to help support the uh, children's mental well-being. Yeah, and the one thing we need to do as society in society is even if we seriously disagree with somebody, we still need to learn how to live together. And I think that's something 
we need to figure out sooner than later. All right. Lauren Buckman is the lead therapist at LFCS, empowering your child's emotional well-being. Somebody's got to do it. It doesn't have to be like it's always been. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate this opportunity. Have a Uh great day. You too. Bye-bye.